Show number 138 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Still Talking Trek. Wow. Wow, isn't that cool? <laughs> what is that? Well, it was a, not a Christmas gift, but it was something that my husband picked up for me. It is called a sci-fi special sound machine. Wow. With 16 intergalactic sound effects. That's amazing. I love that sound effect. I would like to have that sound effect with me at all times. <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's 16 little buttons, and they each have, like, a sort of picture over it. Uh-huh. And some of them, I have no idea what they are, even oh. with the picture. Oh, do you want to play some more so we can I, hear them? I want to play this one in particular because I don't know what the hell it's supposed to be. Are you okay, ready? I'm ready. Here it comes. It's a spaceship farting? Well, I don't know because the picture above it looks kind of like a stick. So maybe it's a lightsaber dildo. Oh, it sort of made a gassy sound there at the end. Yeah. Wow. It did. Okay, now listen listen to this one, because I don't know what this one's supposed to be either. Okay. Ooh. That's like a red alert sound. Well, there is a different one that's red alert. Okay. But this looks like, the picture looks like a guy with a big backpack. <laughs> so it's big backpack sound? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I want to read you the back. Okay. Because you're going to love this. Sound okay. machine. 16 life-enhancing sound effects, <laughs> period. Perfect. I, I, I agree with that. I like that. Perfect for use in meetings, uh-huh. public libraries, <laughs> B-movies, transporter bays, phoning uh-huh. home, alien abductions, mission control. Wow. I can't ever imagine a situation where it would be useful in a public library. <laughs> I know. Or meetings, really. Or meetings. But um, it says it is another great idea from, and this is the guy's name, Shed, S-H-E-D, uh-huh. Simove. Wow. And he's the ideas man. That's a crazy name. Uh-huh. Wow. That is impressive. I like the first sound most of all. That's the best sound. The, the transporter one? Yeah. That yeah, was and really you good. know what the picture of it looks like? It looks like a startled person <laughs> realizing he's standing under an upside-down plastic cup. <laughs> I would like that sound to be played before I enter a room. <laughs> I know, wouldn't that be great? It'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be cool. Wow. Well, I liked our sound surprise. That was great. Yes, I thought you would enjoy that. Oh. So on to more Shatner holiday merriment. Yes, we're still well within the Christmas season. Um, <laughs> Just you know, barely, but... Well, well we are, because it's not New Year's yet, so <laughs> okay. it's, you know, the, the week between. So that still counts as Christmas, you know, okay. in, like the 12th day of Christmas, perhaps. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I've been having a pretty Shatner Christmas. Really? Yeah, you know, there, you, there's, there's been enough bill in it. What did you set on fire? Uh, I didn't actually set anything on fire, but I have been watching a lot of Bill um, on the interwebs. Oh, okay. Because there's been stuff. There's been some good stuff posted to the More Shatner um, Live Journal group, which we'll have to watch at some point. And then I did go over um, to the myouterspace.com site, and I watched right. all those little animations that were posted. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that. Yeah, and those were pretty cute. Some of them were definitely better than others. But what I really want... <laughs> is the audio tracks that the animators used, because Bill was very good in those. I thought his little vocal performance on each was just way beyond what they could have expected for him doing these stupid promos for whatever MyOuterspace.com is. <laughs> he's Bill, he's always a professional, always given 110%. Uh, always, always. You know, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it well. And, and he did. It was fantastic. So I believe you have a poem to read us. I do. I, I really do. Now, I think we'd mentioned this once before, that um, 
one of the treasures from your uh, pile of zines. <laughs> yes. One of the many treasures was the Best of Trek Christmas fanzine, which um, we had a little bit of last, last time. And uh, there are some more things that we wanted to share with our listeners because, you know, it's fanfic and some of it's pretty bad. I think there there's like a, a requirement in every fanfic that somebody somewhere has to redo uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like a thing that everybody yeah, has to do. Absolutely. And it's done either, you know, sort of moderately badly or really badly. So I'm going to read the one that was in here. Um, and it's called Return of the Night Before Christmas. I haven't actually read this all the way through, so if I start stumbling over it, you're just going to have to bear with me. Okay. And it's by uh, Debbie Collin. And I'm sure it's not going to scan, so I'll probably be stumbling over that as well. Okay. Twas the night before Christmas. Twas all through the ship. Okay, already it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should just stop there. No, 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 no. I'll I'll keep going. But really, really? Twas all through the ship? Really? It twas. Oh, God. So Scotty decided to take a wee nip, knowing a fifth would dispel the gloom of all but deserted transporter room. Into the small goblet, the scotch whiskey trickled before Scotty knew he was thoroughly pickled. (laughs) Now that's kind of (laughs) cute. He was steeped to the gills in holiday cheer and happily glowing as midnight drew near. When what to his wondering eyes came the glimmer of the miniature stars in the transporter shimmer. He stood there astonished as six shapes appeared. Five metal cloth bags and a man with a beard. Scotty wait, wait, metal cloth? Metal cloth bags. That's separate words. I don't know what okay. that means. Okay, I don't either. Scotty moved to the intercom, stopped for a while, and studied the man. Then he started to smile. He wore a white beard and a lumpy red suit with a cap on his head that was fur-trimmed to boot. Ho, 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 said the man in a nice sort of way. I know who you are, Scotty started to say. <laughs> Wait. I, that was my bad Scotty accent. It really was. Sorry. I don't mean to be cruel, but that had some, uh, some, uh, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love okay, that. Well, it's sort of adding to the bad flavor of this. Fanfic. Okay. Yes. But, so the next line. But the Santa Claus handed him bag after bag. Now, I don't know why it's the Santa Claus and not just Santa Claus. Of gold-colored cloth with a ribbon and tag. As Scotty's hands touched them, a strange thing occurred. Each hissing bag quieted, wiggled, and purred. Uh Uh-oh. I think we know what's coming next. Um, They dragged down the sacks and were soon well surrounded. The beaming continued. The gold bags abounded. And then the intruder turned with a jerk... You can manage things here. I'll get on with my work. The fake Santa Claus glowered and seemed to abhor the shiny gold sack scattered round on the floor with swarthy complexion and small beady eyes, a Klingon decked out in a Santa disguise. I'll be off on my rounds, he said with relief. Then he shouldered a bag and sneaked out like a thief. He left the room whistling with spirits that soared as he hauled out the bags and more beamed aboard. Scotty hummed to himself as the bags purred and trilled till the glimmering ceased and the whole room was filled. In the meantime, that Santa Claus slithered along, happily singing a Santa Claus song. He went forth on tiptoe. Wait, wait, this is a Klingon? This, I guess. Whistling I and singing. I don't know. And a he's, Santa sli- Claus and he's song. slithering, slithering. Um, he went forth on tiptoe for fear he'd be caught, and he spoke not a word, but he chuckled a lot. Also, Klingon chuckling. <laughs> He left a gold and bag. tiptoeing. That is not... The, warriors don't tiptoe. That's no, not honorable. Especially not when they're wearing those big kiss boots. <laughs> uh, he left a gold bag outside of each door. Then he gave it a kick and ran back for more. My business, he leered, will finally be done. One thing left to do, and that will be fun. Then he crept toward the transporter room with a smirk, leaving three bags for the captain, Jim Kirk. And placing... <laughs> and placing a thumb... Their leader. The, yeah. <laughs> It would have scanned better if it had been James T. Kirk rather than Yeah, Kirk. yeah. <laughs> um, and placing a thumb to the end of his nose and wriggling his fingers, ew, to the platform he rose, Scotty heard him exclaim as he beamed out of sight, Merry Christmas, dear humans, it sure serves you right. The end. 
Wow. So that's assuming that Klingons know about Santa Claus and would, like, go to the trouble of dressing up like Santa Claus, and that Scotty would just stand there even though he's drunk while the Klingons are beaming all these tribbles back onto the ship. Yeah, that, that'll happen. Where was Mr. Kyle during all this, anyway? <sighs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, hmm, that, that poem will never be the same <clears throat> for any of us again. Can you imagine what Kirk said to Scotty after he found all the tribbles? Oh, I wouldn't want to be in Scotty's shoes. <laughs> and Scotty would say, but sir, they're very nice. <laughs> and then Kirk would have laughed and it would all have been okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like the end of an episode. <laughs> now, I would like to read something short and crappy. Okay, good. This is just the first paragraph of a story, and really, truly crappy fanfic has to be bad in the first paragraph, right? Like, like, twas all through the ship? Like yeah. that? <laughs> <clears throat> now, this is called A Hundred Proof Positive Ooh. by Paula Smith. That sounds good. Okay. Starfleet's latest half-baked idea finally landed on the desk of James T. Kirk, captain of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> Their leader. Their leader. <laughs> Kirk, upon reading it, acted on it with his usual aplomb. Okay, now I've got to read you in, in, the, in the punctuation to give you this effect. Okay. Open quotes, um, apostrophe, C-H-I-T-T, exclamation point. So it's chit. And then in parens, but keep in mind, we are still within the quotation. Yeah. Old high Martian word. <laughs> Close parens. Oh Close my quotes. <laughs> so okay. Is, wait, wait. He is swearing in old high Martian and very nicely and thoughtfully identifying what it is for anyone who might be listening. But he is not merely swearing. After the, the close quote, it says, he screeched. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow, yes. wow. I don't think I've ever heard James T. Kirk, their leader, screech. <laughs> Certainly not in Old High Martian. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, that's really bad. Does yeah. it continue? Is there more? Oh, there's more to the story, but I am not going to, to <laughs> subject any of us to that. So that was what, like the first two lines? Yeah. Wow. Wow, it's good. That's, yeah. 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 That's good. Well, I'm glad you selected that. Well, I just ran across it, and you know, when something, I mean, when you have parens within a quote, I was, okay, mm-hmm. they, they, they won me. <laughs> I mean, you know, what else could they do? Oh, that's great. Um, shall we move to the third piece, the third movement? Yes. <laughs> okay, now, um, we actually have two versions of this, both from the same incredibly bad scene, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so which one did we want to uh, start with? So, yes, this zine has the distinction of um, two separate versions of the 12 Days of Christmas. Yes. And to spare you all, we're not going to read the whole thing because it's just too painful that way. Um, but for this first one, which is called A Trekker's Christmas by Terry Howard, just to give you a, a flavor of the beginning of it, it starts off, On the first day of Christmas, my Trek friend gave to me the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> Amazing, right? <laughs> which doesn't rhyme and doesn't really work in that anyway. And then okay. on the second day of Christmas, my Trek friend gave to me two Captain Kirks and the Starship Enterprise. And it... Proceeds and from it proceeds there. from there. So let's just skip to the end. And okay, I'm getting to okay. it. Oh wait, <laughs> life is so difficult. Okay, okay, I got to okay. it. Okay, <clears throat> so we can kind of deconstruct each line as we go. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So on the actually, I think we should just read it through and, and let the, the pieces fall where they may. Okay. Do you want to just um, alternate lines? That might be fun. Y- yes. Okay. Why don't you start with the the twelfth day and I'll okay. take the the. 11th and and we'll go down okay so i'll do the beginning bit 
On the twelfth day of Christmas, my Trek friend gave to me twelve triples trilling. Eleven Klingons clinging. Ten chapels pining. Nine Chekhov's flirting. Eight Uhura's singing. Seven Scots a-tinkering. Six Sulu's fencing. Five shuttlecraft. Four computing Spocks. Three Doc McCoys. Two Captain Kirks. And the Starship Enterprise. Clinging? Clinging. With a K. With a K, clinging. With a K, yeah. I, it um, should have been Chekhov screaming. I don't know why they put Yes, in yeah, there. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> but I've got to tell you, dear listeners, that was the better of the two. <laughs> and she's right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you like to read the other one? Uh, yeah, let me get back okay. to it. You should, read, this... you should read the little paragraph that comes before it, though. Okay, this is called the story with, within which this appears. Uh, the cool Yule <laughs> by, in quotation marks, anti-matter. And anti is spelled like your aunt, like your aunt. Calls. I think that would be such a great drag name. <laughs> it would be. Wouldn't it? It would be. I agree. <clears throat> okay. So um, I, we're skipping all the, the beginning of the story, but I'm going to read that paragraph as you suggest, and then I will read the lyrics. Such, such as, as they, they are, are yes. Uhura made tapes of several of the old carols and piped them throughout the ship. Okay, right, right then, that's grounds for court martial. <laughs> you know, if you want that, you'll go work in Target. Because of the meanings of many of the words were unknown, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> because some of the, of the songs had to be given new lyrics. The crew's favorite, as recorded by Kevin Riley. That's strike three was, right there. <laughs> was the 12 days of Christmas. And here comes strike four through baz- bazillion. 12 Hortus tunneling, 11 nomads airing, 10 Tholians weaving, 9 troglodytes mining, 8 dolmens fussing, 7 spores popping, 6 androids serving, 5 Klingons fighting, now try to try to get the tune in your head right now. Um, five Klingons fighting, four transporters sparkling, three computers working, two triples multiplying. Oh man! <laughs> and a slime devil in a tar pit. Oh my god! Oh, it's so bad. Oh, <laughs> it's just so bad. So this was um, post third season then, because of the Tholians, right? <laughs> I was thinking it was post TNG because of the slime the devil slime. in the tar pit, um, <laughs> which is a pretty tasteless reference for a Christmas song. Oh God, it's so bad. Oh, you know, I I almost want to read the next paragraph too because it just oh, gets right. worse than this. My, my thinking, like if we were writing this, the next paragraph would be after the crew had finished killing Uhura. Um, <laughs> And feasting on her supple flesh. Exactly, just because it's so bad. So maybe I won't read this whole thing because it's kind of long, but man, it's bad. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And again, this is like in some alternate universe because maybe it is TNG. Anyway, the crew crew (laughs) spent much time pondering over their gift list and finally sent out many gifts to their friends and enemies throughout the galaxy. Trelane, (laughs) the squire of Gothos, was sent a swing set. Sylvia received a jack-o'-lantern and a witch's broom while the Gorn got a jar of tasty bugs Harry Mudd's gift was a muzzle for his wife Stella Um, and then it says sunglasses for Gary Mitchell I thought he was dead (laughs) it's just gonna lay on that grave isn't that kind of tasteless to send a gift to a dead guy (laughs) wait this gets worse keep going a girlfriend for Charlie X now that he's now, living, know you living, could send that through the mail. Really living in the Q continuum or wherever he is, and a salt lick for Nancy. <laughs> That's oh. my favorite. Oh my god! Remembering the day Captain Kirk <clears throat> invented the Corbomite maneuver, they sent the alien Captain Baylock a pair of elevator shoes. <laughs> elevator shoes. Okay. Um, Rock was dispatched a wig. Who the hell is Rock? Rock was um. 
uh, oh, oh, little, little girl's right. name. Right, except it, his name wasn't Rock. It was Rock. It was R-U-K. It wasn't Rock. I thought it was Rock, R-O-C. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and N, they're missing a D there. Emily, oh, a wig and Emily Post book of etiquette was went to Elan of Troyes and some live measles germs to the planet Gideon. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> oh my god. It just keeps going like that. There's like at least another well, it's only one paragraph, but it would have been broken up into like three or four paragraphs. Wow. Oh my god. It's horrible. It's well just in the horrible. in in the paragraph after that, Nurse Chapel <laughs> makes fruitcake. <laughs> That's because she is a freak. I think I just vomited in my mouth. <laughs> oh, but you know what? The best part is in the following paragraph. <laughs> yes. Perched on the back of the shuttlecraft, Spock was Santa's elf, complete with a cute little suit of green and red, a pointed hat to match his ears, with a tinkling bell on its point, and curled tip slippers. Oh. And, and Kirk promptly went into a coma, right? Oh, God. Um, Kirk shows up at some point, but I prefer to think he was banging Helen Noel back in his quarters. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, let's see. Oh, wait, wait. No, here's, here's more of the poem. Captain Kirk favored the crew with a reading of Twas the Night Before oh, Christmas. And all through the ship, not a sound could be heard, not even a blip. A blip? <laughs> a blip. Oh. <sighs> Okay, I gotta say this was so so not a cool Yule. <laughs> totally not a cool Yule. Oh, but you know the only good thing is that it ends the page after that. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And I'll read you the last sentence. And on that memorable Christmas day, in the true spirit of Christmas, Captain Kirk even let Mister Spock beat him at chess. Yeah. <laughs> And and that was completely uncool as well. Yeah, very bad. So let that be a lesson to you all. If you're ever writing fanfic, don't write Christmas fanfic. <laughs> hey, I've written Christmas fanfic. Yeah, but your Christmas fanfic was good. <laughs> well, and the thing is, to a certain extent, it's got to be tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and and like not like vaudeville comedy, because <laughs> that really doesn't. <laughs> Unless you are a vaudevillian, and yeah. if so, you're dead along with vaudeville. So, yeah. so I guess I, I will I will refine what I just said and say, don't write Christmas fanfic if the point of the Christmas fanfic is to work in your own special version of the Twelve Days of Christmas because <laughs> it's just doomed to failure. Just just put your crappy Twelve Days of Christmas out there and let it let it die. Yeah. Let it die the slow lingering death of, of being ignored on the internet. Yeah, I think so. All right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> um, let's take a little break, and then let's come back in and, and have a little musical introduction, and, and okay. then we'll talk about it. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Look at his butt and tell us about it. Comments to lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. 
when the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel. When a poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. Hither, page, and stand by me, if thou knowest, telling. Yonder peasant, who is he? Where and what his dwelling? Sire, he lives a good league hence, underneath the mountain, right against the forest fence, by St. Agnes' fountain. Bring me flesh and bring me wine. Bring me pine logs hither. Thou and I will see him dine when we bear them thither. Page and monarch, forth they went. Forth they went together. Through the rude wind's wild lament and the bitter weather. Sire, the night is darker now and the wind blows stronger fails my heart I know not how I can go no longer mark my footsteps my good page tread thou in them boldly thou shalt find the winter's rage freeze thy blood less coldly. So, was that the best version of Good King Wenceslas you've ever heard? <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think other than me playing it on the piano while my sister and I try to sing it, doing Cockney accents for the page, <laughs> I don't believe I've ever heard it. Actually, I mean, maybe on a Christmas carol, um, you know, I was going to say Good King Mitch Miller. I'm <laughs> <laughs> singing along with Mitch or something. But, um, you know, it wasn't recorded by Frank Sinatra. No, no. So. <laughs> um, my favorite version of it is on one of those Beatles Christmas records where John Lennon sings it and makes up oh. really funny, stupid, like nonsensical lyrics to it, which I really okay. like a lot. So yeah, that's my favorite version. <laughs> Okay, well, I have a couple comments because I've played this several times. Oh, I've now. listened to it many times, and it's it's okay. so Bill. It's so Bill. It's, it's so Bill, and it's not like in the Lucy with in the Sky with Diamonds, Bill. <clears throat> but it's got some strange shit in it. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um, one of them was like on second, third listen, or whatever, because on first listen I was going, "Oh my God!" <laughs> you know, the page just needs to be smacked down and, and, you know, told to, to just cool it, just relax, because he's really overacting. But um, when Good King Wenceslas says, thou and I will see him dine, <laughs> I thought, and then kill him and eat him? Because in the next part, when he <clears throat> says, bring me meat, it really yeah. it sounds very sinister, very, very it sinister. It really does. It really does. But I have to tell you, the thing I'm a little disappointed in, I was really hoping we were going to get 
some good um, Shatnerian strange Canadian pronunciation <laughs> of good King Wenceslas. Because <sighs> I think that, that would, that would <laughs> to me it set up this wonderful fantasy of a conversation between uh, the king and the page where, where, <laughs> where he says, um, Page, sabotage the peasant. And the page says, uh, sir, I think it's pronounced sabotage. And the king says, don't correct me. That sickens me. I really, really like the way you said Paige. That was so Shatner. You just nailed it right there. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. That was brilliant. But, Um, so as you pointed out when, when we got this, I, I actually paid for that. I downloaded it from iTunes and it kind of fades out at the end. And, and that's yeah. the whole song. It's like they never bothered to do the last verse or something like that. But I was also disappointed that, um, it just kind of stops. <laughs> right, right. That was, that was so weird. And all I could think was, um, maybe they were nervous about bringing Christianity into a Christmas carol. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but you know that that's a real find, and and I'm, I'm def I have already added it to my holiday playlist and all of my other wonderful Shatner recordings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know I actually uh, I sent that off to our good friend Maynard, and I believe he played that as um, part of his Christmas music thing. So. Oh, I hope we're going to get to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that's great. So now, you know, we're spreading it around. We're letting other people hear it, and I'm, I'm happy about that because everybody should hear this at some point. Okay, I found this blog called Smoothable. Yes. And it's run by Margaret. Yeah, I, we've looked at that before. This was where we found the um, original picture of um, Shatner, Kittens, and Islands. Yes, okay. Well, um, Margaret had a great comment about um, Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> she says, I laughed until I cried, but the ending, when Wenceslas tells the page, mark my footsteps, my good page, <laughs> tread thou <laughs> in them boldly, genuinely moved me, mostly because it's Bill Shatner saying it, and Bill Shatner has a thawing <laughs> effect on me. I think that's really great. Oh, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad. And, and I like um, what she titled this post. Which was, I'm if not If you can read it, it, it's, it says, When says slash Shatner. <laughs> Shatner. <laughs> yeah, that was very, very good. That was great. <clears throat> um, when I heard this, though, I was thinking, I really would like Bill to record a Christmas album. Oh, that'd be wonderful. And I thought of a couple things I really would like him to record. Uh -huh. And one I've forgotten, but the one I really, really want is um, All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, yes. You know that, 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 that older sort of sexy mm -hmm. one about Take Down the Holly and Mistletoe? Yeah. Can you imagine Bill saying, all I want for Christmas is you? That would be really nice. Oh, I'm going to have to think about what songs I'd like him to put on his Christmas record. Maybe we can uh, invite some contributions from our listeners as well. Yes. As to what they would like. I've always... Oh, I know the other one I wanted to sing. What? Just, and the, ironically, it is one of my absolutely most hated Christmas songs, if not my top most hated mm -hmm. Christmas song. And that is? The Little Drummer Boy. Oh, that's a bad one, yeah. It's horrible. But if you, just to hear Bill sing Pahrumpa Pum Pum. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> um, do you know, I would love to hear him do Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Mm. Wouldn't he do a good job with that? Yes. He would bring a whole new dimension. <clears throat> Maybe he could make it sinister. Yeah, exactly. I think it would be, it would be very dark and, um, you know, instead of being sort of warm and nostalgic, it would be sort of 
barren and lonely, and I, I would like I would like that. Okay, so let's see. What else would I like him to do? Well, I've always had a fondness um, for Blue Christmas, but I'm not quite sure how Bill would tackle that. So maybe that that, that goes on the maybe list. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll have to give it some more thought. Yes. Well, and you know what he should close the album with? What? What are you doing New Year's Eve? <laughs> and then we could all just have these giant Christmas shack gasms oh, and be happy. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I think yeah, we should we, let him know that we want him to do a Christmas record. Yeah. It would take him five minutes. He could do it. <laughs> It would be so cool. It would be great. All right, I'm putting that on on my wish list for 2011. <laughs> okay, you do I that. <clears throat> so I'm um, getting a little off the Christmas topic, but onto one of our other favorite topics, which is Diddy Doer. <laughs> I want to read you this article, oh, please, or parts of it. This is an interview with Arlene Martell, Yay! who played to Pring. Um, and this was on uh, Trek Today, and they got it from someplace else, and I'll tell you when I get to the bottom if it tells us. Um, although fans know her for playing the woman who rejected Spock, <laughs> Arlene Martell was up for two other Star Trek roles before she landed the role of T'Pring. Did you know No. This? Listen to this. It's really interesting. Martell originally ad- auditioned for Where No Man Has Gone Before. But she had to say no to, to the role due to her sensitive eyes. I couldn't do it because I would have had to have worn contact lenses, she said. My eyes are very sensitive, and I said, I can't do it. They said, well, something else is coming up. The something else turned out to be cat's paw. Oh, that's interesting. And I hate that episode. <clears throat> Although Martell didn't get that part, she knew from comments that she would be up for another part in another episode, which she did get. I went up for Cat's Paw, said Martell. I heard the buzzing and whispering and someone saying, well, let's save her for that. I didn't know what they were talking about, and what I didn't know was they were talking about a mock time. So when that came up and I read for it, that was it. I think there were eight decision makers in the room, Gene Roddenberry and Herb, Herb Solo and Robert Justman and others, and I got the part. Wow, that's very interesting. Well, I think she was perfectly cast for that part. She was. Now, here's something you will really enjoy, (laughs) children. Martell found working with William Shatner to be amusing, although his antics drove Joseph Pevney, the director of the episode, a bit crazy. The shoot itself was a hoot and a howl, said Martell. (laughs) Given William Shatner's proclivity for colorizing phrases with his own inimitable, I can never say that word, inimitable, Uh risque humor... (gasps) I was in hysterics most of the time, to the chagrin of the director. Joseph Pevney would say, do I really have to come and separate you two? <gasps> oh, my goodness. And all goodness. I can think is throw cold water at him. Take a break. Come back and stop laughing. I have tremendous concentration, but in spite of that, Bill Shatner just broke through my reserve, and he just had me in hysterics, especially when dear, dear Tapau would try to say a Vulcan word. He would twist that word so that it was really very, very naughty, and it made it a lot of fun. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Um, so, of course, he did it, well, right? Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, isn't Kroika the only Vulcan word Tapau says? Uh, I guess so. Uh, I, have to, I have to, like, run it through my head now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <clears throat> no, no, no. Um, she says the, um, the Awun. She says, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She says that, and Delerpa. She says that, Delerpa. <laughs> I forgot about those. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's great! Wow. Oh, and Kunuk Kalafi. I can imagine yeah. Bill having a lot of lot of fun with uh, oh. <laughs> with that. <clears throat> so I found that very very interesting. Definitely. Oh, that's great! I love the idea of the director saying, "Do I have to separate you?" I know. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm sure that they had a lot of fun together. I'm sure they did. Oh, Bill! Especially when the director sent them away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's I love hearing stories like that about Bill. He... Oh, so do I. 
Oh, and so um, that actually came from StarTrek.com. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Bill. Yes. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk some more, or should we take another musical break? Let's take another musical break. Okay. And then after our, our musical break, we're going to discuss the music you will hear during the musical break. And we're also going to have a, a special Christmas visitor. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, so we'll take our break, and you guys listen to this, which I'm sure you're going to be shocked about, because I'm pretty sure most people haven't heard this before, because I certainly hadn't before today. I hadn't. Okay. okay. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see me creep down the stairs to have a peep. Yeah, she thought I was tucked up in my bedroom, fast asleep. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, and I thought to myself, dude, that's all honked up. Not much of a Christmas present for dear old dad. So I went online to see if I could find someone willing to kill that oversexed fat bastard for putting his paws all over my mother. That's when I stumbled onto the Mercenaries for Hire chat room. I got a great deal on a former Green Beret who was willing to do the job for two pounds of freeze-dried venison and a carton of filterless camels. So, don't be surprised if this year old fatty doesn't shimmy down your chimney. Sleazy Saint Nick has manhandled his last mommy. Oh, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen that guy killing Santa Claus last night. Now... I know you said you didn't think that was Bill. I'm sure it's not Bill. <laughs> there are a couple words that every now and then sound like it might be Bill. Well, here's why I think it is Bill. Um, I, I looked into where it came from, and it's off an album that's called um, a, Slim Shady, a, a, a Slim Santa Christmas or something like that. And okay. it was an album that was released by um, a Los Angeles radio station, and they release a Christmas album every year. And the Christmas album is full of real rare Christmas songs and skits and stuff that's done in the studio by guests who appear on the radio show. So, okay. And I mean, I went to their website and I looked at the track listing and it's William Shatner's name on there. And I think they recorded that. I mean, they wrote it as a special thing and they had him record it in the, the radio studio because you hear people laughing at the end of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's him doing a really stupid you know, voice. I was convinced that it was the, the guy who threw up on the dolphin. <laughs> Or maybe Jason Alexander. But no, no. I, I think it's really Bill. I think it was one of those things that they just had him do. And, of course, being Bill, he wasn't going to turn it down. So he did it. Oh, my God. It's pretty bad. It's awful. That is not going in my holiday playlist. No, it's badly written. And I reject very little of, of Bill. Um, it's badly written. And even though, you know, Bill gives it a big fighting try there, it's just, it's not good. So no. I will say that that is not a song I want Bill to re-record for his upcoming Christmas album. No, no, we definitely don't, don't want that. No. <sighs> <clears throat> yeah, that was... Oh, well, you know, Move. in order to have great success, you have to have some great uh, It's failures. true. I you know, mean, you got to swing big. That's how it goes. Sometimes you hit it out of the park. Um, so moving on to something much more pleasant. Now, we had discussed this before because one of the things that I really like to know about at Christmas is what's happening in the extended Star Trek family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, the thing that I was really wondering about was what Marjorie does at Christmas. Well, it, that's one. That's great that you were wondering that because Marjorie has dropped by <gasps> to chat with Yay. you. 
That's so um, she's she's coming in now. She's uh, brushing off her hands on her apron. Is she bustling? I imagine her she, bustling. Oh, yes. Well, you know, she's a very energetic woman. <laughs> oh, hi there, Miss Taylor. How are you doing? Marjorie, it's so good to talk with you. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, dear. Oh, to you, too. And we are just so excited to have you on the show and to find out what you're up to at Christmas time. Well, you know, it's a very, very busy time of year for me, you know, with with all the baking and the, the decorating and, you know, all the things that, you know, everybody has to do. And, of course, especially if you're a mom, you, you just go all out. Uh-huh. And um, so it's, it's a very busy time. But, you know, I am never too busy to talk to a good friend like you. Oh, thank you. So tell me about um, what what did you get for your son, Jim, and what did he get for you for Christmas? Oh, well, you know, I haven't heard from him yet. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly where he is. And, uh, you know, with the, the difference in times and dates and, and all those star date things, gosh knows when that present is going to show up. <laughs> you know, it could, it could be any day or it could be, you know in August and <laughs> so then I hope it's not something something wintry but um now I know you know they say those starships you know they're all climate controlled and everything but I just think you know it's not Christmas if your mom doesn't make you a sweater Aww. so so I made him a sweater and it, it's just just beautiful because I, I got it you know, brag on myself just a little. I I really went all out this year. Instead of doing you know snowflakes and and reindeer in it and everything, I had a big Santa face. But he's got the whole cosmos all around him, and so I sent that off. And like I say, I haven't heard from Jimmy yet, so I don't know if he's gotten it. But I hope so. I would love to think of him you know, wearing that on Christmas morning when, when he and, you know, all his, his, uh, his friends and employees there, you know, are opening their presents. I bet he would look so cute in that sweater. <laughs> well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I hope I got the size right and everything, you know. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> but, you know, I know you're always so interested in hearing about Jimmy's childhood. Mm-hmm. And there was a Christmas we had that I thought, you know, that Miss Taylor, she would really enjoy this story oh, because, you know, it, it was the year that Jimmy decided he was going to be a spaceman. So when we had Christmas, of course, you know, the whole family's all around then and given presents and everything. And uh, my Uncle Lolly, he came up, you know, he came down from Duluth. And, you know, Jimmy was always his favorite. He just doted on that boy. So, of course, he knew that Jimmy was all, you know, excited about being a spaceman that year. And did I tell you Jimmy was six? Six? Wow. He, he was six. And so, oh, my gosh, Lolly brought him a pair of jet boots. <laughs> now, who gives jet boots to a six-year-old? Oh, that's what I was thinking, too. Wow. And a, a high-spirited one at that. Well, you know, what can you do? He's opened the gift. It's got his name on it. And, you know, he, he's got him on. And before I could say anything, he's swooping around the room and has knocked over the tree and terrorized the poor dog, you know. But, you know, we, we wrestled those off of him. And I said, you know, we, we got to set some limits on this because this is just too much. Because he had crazy ideas, you know. He was, he was going to... Um, you know, just fly wherever he wanted. And Lolly said, oh, just tell him he can't leave the atmosphere and that'll be fine. And I said, no, 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 it's got, you know, we got to keep him more local than that. And then he had, you know, crazy ideas like he, oh, he wanted to somehow tie him to one of the horses and ride it, you know, around up in the sky. And I thought, you know, we've just gotten over that whole incident with those Pegasus people, and I just, I thought it was a bad idea, you know, it was in kind of poor taste, so, you know, I put a a stop to that, and finally, this was, well, it wasn't Jimmy's idea of a compromise, but this was the rule I set, was he had to stay on our property, and the first, you know, in our airspace, Uh you know, 
And the first time he crossed that, you know, I heard about it because one of the neighbors called me and told me, you know, that he was swooping around their house and knocking on windows and, you know, just all kinds of silly little boy things. And so after that, I, I couldn't ground him. I mean, he's got jet boots. How do you ground a kid with jet boots? But he didn't get to use them unless he was tethered to the, the clothesline. And so, you know, that, that worked out. But, you know, I tell you, there is one really good advantage to having an energetic six-year-old with jet boots. Yeah. And that's because of the power exhaust, you know, that comes out of those boots. Well, I didn't have to shovel the walk at all that winter. I just, you know, sent him out to sort of, you know, fly over it and, and you know, and, and melt everything away. And it was just great. Wow. That's amazing. So I, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I, later when he outgrew them, I had those little jet boots bronze. Oh, that's so And cute. then when I saw how heavy they were, I thought, I should have done that the day we got them. <laughs> but, you know, that was a, a wonderful Christmas. Oh. And uh, I'm sure Jimmy still remembers those boots and, and his Uncle Lolly, who, you know, just thought the world of him. Oh, man. I wonder if he still has to be tethered now when he uses jet boots or jet packs. I think he's grown up some. I would hope so. I think so. I think he has enough control where he's not going to go wrecking Christmas trees. I would hope so because, you know, I mean, Starfleet, you know, they think they're such good judges of character. So I I think he's, you know, calmed down in some ways, you know, growing up and being responsible and and all those things. So, (laughs) but, you know, who knows? I mean, they have, there's so many strange things out there in the outer space and, my gosh, it seems like Jimmy can't take two steps without tripping over three of them. So, <laughs> Wow, what a wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I don't, well, don't think we could have asked for a better Christmas present from you. Oh, well, I'm always happy to share those stories with you and your wonderful listeners. And I hope they are all just going to have a tri-merry Christmas. <laughs> well, a tri-merry Christmas to you and a very happy new year. Oh, thank you, dear. I got to go now. I got to get some some things over to the church bake sale. (laughs) Thanks, Marjorie. Thanks for your time. Okay, bye-bye. You stay safe. Okay, thank you. Bye. Well, that was really something that Marjorie could drop by. Wow, that was fantastic. What a great story. (laughs) Yeah, Marjorie's got a lot of good stories about little Jimmy, doesn't she? I love it. And you know what would be the best thing would be, I would love to be in the same room with the two of them while she tells that story. (laughs) You mean Jimmy and Marjorie? Yes. Oh, yeah, he'd be dying. It would be wonderful. I I would especially like it... um, the best possible scene would be on the Enterprise when he's sort of showing her around and, and meeting the crew, and then she tells that story. Well, remember how Amanda told the teddy bear story? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think Kirk is a lot smarter than Spock <laughs> in some ways, and I think he has deliberately never, ever brought his mother aboard the oh, ship. But you know what? Well, I think he's told her civilians aren't allowed or I, <laughs> I think, I think Marjorie's going to get around him one day, though. Oh, I know, because she'll talk somebody into it, Doc McCoy. Exactly, or... exactly, because McCoy would be in love with her. Just <laughs> just for the embarrassment factor alone, he would find a Plus way. Plus the fact that she's so charming. She, he would love her. He, we would bring her on the ship and basically spend the whole day getting her to tell these stories to everybody. <laughs> He'd put her on the intercom. He would put her on the intercom. It would be awesome. Attention all hands. <laughs> I just thought of something. (laughs) And I want you all to come down to the mess hall because I've made some cupcakes. That's right. (laughs) But you don't get any until you've finished your dinner. (laughs) That's right. Oh, that would be awesome. I think that would be a great story. The day that Dr. McCoy brought Marjorie on the ship. (laughs) It'd probably really smack of that whole thing about... um, if um, it's not your grandmother's Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we were doing that and listing all the, the strange things that would happen if if it was your grandmother's mm-hmm. Star Trek, you know. Oh, but that would be too funny. That would be, yes. that would be wonderful. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad Marjorie could stop by and share that little bit of, of family history. Oh, it's always a treat. Always a treat. <laughs>
I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention Uncle Snowball. I wonder where he was that year. <laughs> oh, so funny. Well, you know, I think if Jimmy, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy, Captain, were in the same room with Marjorie telling these stories, I actually would believe he would screech out a high, old high Martian <laughs> curse word. Oh, you know, it would be so funny because if it was in like a party kind of thing, he would keep trying to go to get another drink and she'd be grabbing his sleeve. Like, and oh, say, do you remember, dear? Do you remember this, don't you? Don't go, don't go now. Remember this? Oh, and she'd be telling it to the Admiral. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun with Marjorie. Oh, she's great. Um, well, listen, do we have anything else we wanted to cover in, in this installment of Look at His Butt, the podcast about Well, the Lucia? one thing we didn't cover, and I know people expect us to do this, um, is our presence. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, <laughs> you lost the presence I sent you. I lost it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And the strange thing is, as many miles apart as we are now, we still live these parallel lives because we have lost one of my husband's Christmas presents. Unopened. We don't know what's in it. We know who it's from. We don't know where it is. Oh, I was having um, a terrible time before Christmas because I had sort of um, bought some things very early on for people, and then I couldn't remember where I put them. So I, I was kind of like looking through cupboards and stuff going, what shelf did I put them on? Oh, my God. I have mad cow disease. <laughs> It's a mad cow Christmas. It is. It absolutely is. Do you think Bill um, buys but, Christmas presents for people? Um, well, I know at one point he was saying, um, and I don't know if he did this just the one year, if this is something they do every year, but the idea is that each person in the family has to come up with something that the whole family can do together. Oh, right. And so the the one year he did it was... They all went on a helicopter ride over L.A. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that he, you know, buys so much gifts and, and things as um, tries to, you know, have them all share mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. And then the other experience is, you know, setting the house on fire. and Well, yeah, dinner. Dinner, yeah. <laughs> that. Dad, the firemen are here. Are you about ready to make dinner? <laughs> Very good. Well, in our next show, we will do the presents, and we'll talk about the many other things. Because Bill, of course, is doing a million bazillion things all at one time. Um, Yes. That article that that you had posted to the blog, and of course, there's been a ton of stuff we've been posting to the blog, talked about all of the things that he has coming up in 2011. And it sounded like more stuff than any three people could do. Yes, absolutely. And and Bill's doing it all. Of course. He's amazing, and uh, he, he's our Christmas miracle all year round. Yeah, and, you know, I, I wanted to say the one thing at the end of that um, interview when they asked him, um, I believe, what his goal was for 2011, and mm-hmm. he said staying alive. Yeah, well, I like when they said, what, is, what was your best Christmas, and he, al- and he always answers mm-hmm. this way. He says the next mm-hmm. one. And I think he says that when people ask, what was your best birth? Yeah, yeah. And then that's his goal, just to, to keep staying alive and doing more mm-hmm. stuff. Because if he keeps and working. keeps working, he'll never die. That's right. You know, actually, that's a great attitude to have. It is. Yeah. Well, there's Bill. He's like the most positive guy in the world. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap it up and um, wish everybody a very Shatner Christmas and a, and a very Shatner New Year, too, of course. Indeed. Yeah. And we're going to be going strong through 2011. There's a lot of stuff coming up for the Look at His Butt show. That's right. Many, many things. So, so keep listening, and, you know, we will keep talking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a win-win. It is. <laughs> keep sending us stuff. And t- oh, tell yes. us what you got for Christmas that was um, Shatner or Trek-oriented, because we'd love to hear. Right, right. I'm trying to see if I have a fabulous sound effect for the end of the show. Um, this one looks like a printer. <laughs> like a fax machine noise? Ew. <laughs> well, let's, let's have, um, oh, let's have this one. This is a nice one. This will be the end of the show. Okay. Oh, that was good. Oh. Beam us up. It's time to go. Okay. Okay. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.